Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am Janice Leibovitz, and this is People of the Book. Today, I am thrilled, no stranger to our community. I am thrilled to have Bacha Bricker as my guest. Welcome to the show, Bacha. Hello, and welcome to your listeners. I say I'm thrilled to have you as my guest because we are going to be talking about your brand newly released book, Good Night Golda. And I have to congratulate you, firstly, on obviously on the stunning book, but also on the fabulous launch that you held and this past weekend. Just congratulations and Mazaltov to you on that because it really oh, was. Thank you. It was a triumph. It was just amazing. You were in conversation with Mandy Wiener. And how did that feel? I mean, how does it feel to be celebrated by your entire community? I'm still pinching myself. I, it, it was actually a quite an out of body experience. I've been in the book industry for over 20 years and I have launched many books and I have promoted hundreds of titles. And but this time it's me, you know, I'm, I'm actually the author. It's, it's really um, it's quite an incredible feeling. Um, I've been working on this project for three years. So Goodnight Gold has been with me for three years, even though it's new to the world. And it's that's also um, been an interesting journey. You know, you, you live with something. I live breathe, sleep, good night, Golda for three years. And now all of a sudden, everyone else is getting excited about it. And it's, it's a kind of renewed excitement. And um, I reached out to Mandy Wiener to join me. And quite honestly, um, Mandy's out of my league. I mean, she's an award-winning investigative journalist. And I thought, I wonder if she'll be in conversation with me. And in two ticks, she came back and said, most definitely, two rebel girls on the stage. And so I think that that kind of response that I've got is because of the kind of project it is. It's this magical project. And that's why it was a magical launch as well. You know, I think the energy of what it's trying to do is there and people feel it. Absolutely. And I mean, good night, Gola, for you, definitely is a passion project and just to to give the full title of the book it's good night golda a handbook for brave jewish girls and their mighty friends and as i say this is a passion project and i know this is aimed at younger jewish girls but i have to say um i mean although i am definitely young at heart and always will be this is definitely not just for young girls because i mean i thoroughly enjoyed this book and we're going to chat, obviously, much more in depth um, throughout the show on why this book and, and what it's about and the background and everything. But give me briefly, give me the one minute nutshell on why. Why Goodnight Gold? Why, why did you write this book? Why did you, you feel that, that now was the time and, and this needed to be written? About six years ago, um, a series was published called Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. And it spawned a whole genre. It became a publishing phenomenon. And it was little sort of snippets of stories about an amazing woman, about 100 per per book, with beautiful illustrations. And it kind of created a movement. And a lot of the discussion at the time and the years passing was, you know, we really should be doing this for Jewish women. We should be celebrating Jewish women. And we should also be celebrating in a public way and sharing that with our with younger girls, with younger boys, um, just as part of a kind of cultural education. 
and there was nothing done. There was nothing published, Janice. And I, I thought, well, then, you know, if it's not me, then who else? And so I jumped in. It was fraught and it is fraught because, you know, what Jewish people are like. We have very strong views on politics, on gender, on race. on So, so it, it, was, it wasn't an easy thing to do. But once I was in, I was hooked. And I, I'm so glad that I did because from the reception, I'm, I know that this conversation was waiting to be heard and to be had. Absolutely. And, and as you say, from the, the reception it's, it's been given and from the response that you've had, I mean, it's been phenomenal and um, it's been so well received and it's a very much needed and timeless book. I'm Janice Leibovitz and as people of the book, I'm talking to Bacha Bricker today. I love it. Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences. And they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. You are listening to People of the Book. And today I'm talking to Bacha Bricker about her fabulous new book, Good Night, Golda, a handbook for brave Jewish girls and their mighty friends. And as I said before, this is not just a book for young Jewish girls. This is a book for Jewish women of all ages and stages. And we've been talking about the the origins of the book, why it's been written, why Batcher felt she was the one that needed to write this book. Well, because nobody else was doing it. And if nobody else is doing something you feel needs to be done, go out there and do it yourself. And that is exactly what Batcher did. Talking about your launch, and the fact that this was aimed at younger Jewish girls, I was actually interested to see there weren't a lot of daughters there. I mean, there were lots of, of, of young women from the community there, but they didn't bring their daughters. My, my daughter is, is overseas. Otherwise, I, I definitely would have been. I brought my son. Why were there no daughters? I was quite disappointed. Why do you think that was? I, yeah, I think what I've found with this book is... And, and one of the common recurring point of feedback that I'm getting is, oh, I bought this for my little girl, Ruby, but then I kept it for myself. I'll buy her another <laughs> one. And um, that that seems to be what so many people, I bought this for my granddaughter, but actually I don't think she'll appreciate it now. I'd rather keep it. So I, it, it points to how this book has it is aimed at younger readers. And so the stories that we tell are softened a little bit, you know, because Jewish history can be rather harrowing. There can be some harrowing stories and hard to hear stories. So we have softened things a bit. But I think that because it's beautiful to look at, because it includes so many women that you and I don't know as grown Jewish women. Oh, absolutely. We still, you, you, you had never heard of these women. And so because of that, the appeal, I think, is very broad. Um, why didn't people bring their daughters? Well, there were a few. Um, I think because it was cocktails, you know, I think I think that sent the message, this is for bigger girls. Um, but but I will be having, and there's a whole sort of bat mitzvah program rollout that I'm going to be talking to bat mitzvah girls in particular um, and to that audience in particular. And, and I will be speaking slightly differently. You know, there are things you can say in an, an adult audience that you wouldn't say to younger girls or you'd say it in a different way right and you preempted my question because I was going to ask is there going to be a good night gold a kind of roadshow will you be speaking at schools will you be taking this to younger audiences and and speaking and and doing readings and and things like that so there you answered my question there but but perhaps um 
give us give us a, a bit of background and for my listener who who perhaps hasn't seen the book doesn't know what this book is about and perhaps doesn't know about the goodnight um rebel girls series talk me through the layout of the book talk me through what is in the book who is in the book and talk me through that perhaps for the listener who hasn't seen it doesn't know anything about the book what is in this book goodnight goldie is a compilation of 32 incredible Jewish women who have done something to change their world and in so doing changed ours. And what we did was we looked, we time traveled, we space traveled, we went all around the globe. We looked for examples all around the globe. We looked for women um, from biblical times until today. So, you know, Queen Esther to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, we looked at all areas of vocation and achievement from mathematicians to stage presence to, um, you know, feminists, the full range of contribution. And we collected our very favorite and best 32 or most iconic, we thought, 32. So you have obviously Goodnight Golda, it's called, so Golda is my leading lady, but you have people like Golda or you have someone like Bobby Rosenfeld, who was Canada's super sportswoman, um, Hedy Lamar, who is the mother of Wi-Fi, and Sivanya Ari, the environmental innovator. It kind of spans every possible aspect. And what we were trying to achieve with that diversity is to put across the message that it doesn't really matter where your talents lie, um, where you're strong, where your calling is. You have to step up to the plate in whatever it is. So if you're Donna Karen um, and you hear the call of women who want comfortable clothes, who don't want to be corseted, who are suddenly becoming much freer and you create clothes for those women, that is as much of an achievement as, as something else that perhaps has a sort of more worthy feel to it. And I think that everyone has a contribution to make, and that's what, what we were trying to illustrate. The book is um, each woman is given just a page of information and an interesting, colorful story about that woman, and then a beautiful full-page illustration, and usually a quote from her as well, just like a takeout soundbite. And I found it incredible that you were able to condense each woman into one page. I think there's just one that... Um, that is more than a page. I think that was Sarah Bernhard. Um, yes, <laughs> you noticed that. You I noticed that. Sarah Bernhard. It's Sarah Bernhard. She doesn't just, you know, you can't fit her into just one page. You can't. You just can't. And she, she has. She's very close to my heart. I'm an only child. I was always a very dramatic little girl. And my mother always used to say to me, oh, don't be Sarah Bernhardt. And when I was a little uh, girl, I had, I had no clue who that was. <laughs> so. well, well, now you do. And she was quite the character. I mean, she they used to call her the divine Sarah. And um, she she held the stage like, like no other um, and was incredibly passionate. You know, some of the conversation that we've had uh, after the book, and this is, uh, we have loved it, and I really encourage listeners and readers to, to visit um, goodnightgolda.com, the website, and tell us. We want to know, who did we leave out? You know, did we leave somebody absolutely essential out? So I have had quite a few emotional responses about Barbara Streisand, 
and why she was not included. And uh, it, it, a lot of it had to do with the fact that we did have a Sarah Bernhardt already, um, an incredible stage presence who was a first, you know, she, and she fought anti-Semitic anti sentiment in a very real way. She talks about how, um, you know, if, if people criticized her hooked nose, she always made sure she had photos in profile. <laughs> and she, you know, if people, um, said something nasty about her accent she would say well that's because you know Jews get chucked out of every country they go to so our language is like a, a, a patchwork of accents so she was incredibly brave and she was a first and that meant that we had a stage presence like her and I'm afraid then Barbara couldn't be there too. Well, I mean, the thing is, I suppose, look, there is a good night gold or two in the work. So, you know, there, there's still, you know, possibly Barbara might make oh, sure there, you know, but oh, someone, sure. else, someone else, you know, might, might, you know, take over. Who knows? But the, the truth is, you know, you can't include everybody. Otherwise, it's going to start looking like a, a dictionary. It's not the Oxford Dictionary. You know, I mean, the, the story behind that Oxford Dictionary was was a whole something yes. else. We've all read the dictionary. So incredible. So, but I think I think that what you're talking about, um, Janice, is exactly that. And and the story, um, the Dictionary of Last Words, which is a novel, um, it is a a good example because that is the story of something that is actually quite dry, uh, or could be quite dry. And she found the color and the texture behind the characters and the political milieu and the dynamics. And that's what made it so memorable. And so, you know, not necessarily that we're in the same league as, the, as that, but I, what we tried to do um, with all the stories is to find not just worthy women, because thank God, they're women who do incredible work. Um, but worthy is not really so entertaining always. Um, and it's, it's not always fun to read, even if it has had an incredible impact on people or, or, or society, etc. So we were looking for not just woman worthy of being featured, but also a story worthy of being told. I mean, what's, what's that saying? Well-behaved women really make history. I'm Janice Liebowitz, and you're listening to People of the Book. I'm talking to Bacha Bricker about her book, Good night, Golda. I love it when you read to me. Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences. And they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. This is People of the Book, and today I'm talking to Bacha Bricker. We are talking about her newly released book, Goodnight Golda, a handbook for brave Jewish girls and their mighty friends. So we were talking about the selection process, how you went about choosing who was going in this book, who would be left out possibly to go into the next book, because there will be a Goodnight Golda too. When you set out to do this... I mean, you know, you go into things and you kind of think, yes, you're open-minded, but we do tend to have these preconceived notions. You know exactly who you're going to include and you kind of know, you have a rough idea of, of how this is going to shape up. There must have been some surprises along the way. Oh, that was the best part, Janice. <laughs> that was the best part because I think when you think of Jewish history and you think of Jewish heroines, 
um, the, the expected come to mind. You know, Hannah Senesch, Anne Frank, maybe more recent ones, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The, these are people that you expect to be featured. But it was the unexpected ones of sheer delight that just gave us, um, it, it just, it was sheer delight. That's an entertainment and fun. One of them was Belle Levy. Belle Levy was the first Jewish PI, private investigator. She, she was one. I'm off. 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 I'm it, it sounds, it's so quaint now That's when you brilliant. think about it, but if she wanted information, she would like walk along the street and then bump somebody accidentally. Like literally, um, and physically <laughs> bump into bump them. them. Brilliant. Exactly. And, and then strike up a conversation, and that's her, the way that she would get information. I mean, it, it was just delightful, and we had to include her, and you, you will notice that her piece is very short because... In a, in a funny twist of fate, she disappears like a private investigator should. She disappears and she is never found. And we never know what happens to her. Um, so that is Belle Levy. And, and that's a very good example of somebody who just surprised us and, and delighted us. I love that. I absolutely love that. But, I mean, you must have, I, mean, I know it's kind of like asking who's your favourite child, but who are your favourites? <laughs> I always say I have favorites on certain days, you know, because every time I look at the book, I think, oh, she's amazing. And I fall in love with somebody else. But the, the one um, that's top of mind for me now is Helena Rubenstein. Um, Helena Rubenstein started a empire of beauty products in Australia. And when you hear her story, she leaves home in her teens, like she was 15. Her parents wanted her to, to marry young and she refused. And she hops on a, a, a boat and goes to Australia, hooks up with um, some relatives there. And she had chucked some face cream from her mother into her bag. And the ladies in Australia would always comment on her amazing complexion, you know, um, peaches and cream complexion. And she saw an opportunity there. She said, oh, you know, it's this cream that I make. And um, she began producing this face cream, selling it to these ladies and called it a fancy French name, fake, a fake French name to make it sound fancy. And she hit the big time. I, she, she became a household name in Australia. I mean, she landed up building an entire beauty empire. But what I loved about her was she was not a traditional beauty herself. She, they, they said that she was built like an icebox. Um, and she wasn't necessarily a pretty woman, but her, her feeling, and she was Elizabeth Arden's arch rival. They would have this conversation all the time. But her feeling was that there's no such thing as an ugly woman. There's only lazy woman. That everyone can be made beautiful. And that was something that, that she really believed in. She, she was, and just talking to color and character, she became, a, she lived in New York eventually um, with branches all over the world, Helena Rubenstein Cosmetics. Um, she had Juan Miro and Salvador Dali on her walls, and she even married a prince. I mean, she really lived large, but she would take her packed lunch, you know, her packed course every single day to work. And she would say, um, hard work keeps the wrinkles out of the mind and the soul and uh, body and soul. So I, she was quite a character. And, and I, 
we really enjoyed writing and reading up about her. I think for me, um, one of the biggest surprises was someone like Grazia. I mean, who imagined a 16th century businesswoman? I don't think we ever conceived of such a thing. You know, a businesswoman exactly. in the 16th century. Exactly. And I think that, um, you know, Donna Grazia's story is, is an iconic story. Um, she herself was a converso escaping from Portugal. And because she had that experience, she really understood what it felt to be misplaced and to have no sense of belonging and no place to call home. So a lot of her philanthropy went to helping conversos find a new life. Um, But she could do that because she was a wealthy businesswoman in her own right. And yes, I think we do have preconceived ideas about what women were like. I mean, they, you know, in general, women were a certain way, but there were certainly opportunities for women. You know, we think there are only opportunities for women now. Well, Donna Grazia, you know, she was a very big, powerful, rich lady. We just don't think of her. The other one was um, Pramila. Pramila was another point of sheer delight. Um, Esther Victoria Abraham was uh, raised in India. She was an, an Indian Jew. And her rise to fame was a cultural quirk. Um, because during, it was the very beginning of of Bollywood, as we would know it today, and they needed actresses, but Indian families, Muslim and and Hindu families, would never allow their daughters. It was immodest and inappropriate for their daughters to be performing on stage. The Jewish families were a little more liberal, and this gave, she became Pramila, um, that was her stage name. This gave her the opportunity and it opened the door for her. She also started really small. She used to be the entertainment. You know, they used to have the reels um, in the cinema and they had to change the reels at intermission. So she was the 15-minute intermission entertainment. <laughs> but she went on to become the first Bollywood star known by everyone. She wins Miss India when she's pregnant with her fifth child. She does all her own stunts. She, she had an incredible career. And, uh, you know, who would have thunk it, really? A Jewish <laughs> Bollywood star. Actually married to a Muslim. Yes. <laughs> so, so tell me. So, so we, we did mention that, um, I mean, and I have to say, this, this makes a fabulous Black for present. Um, uh, uh, you know, once you finish buying the book for yourself, <laughs> then you can start buying it for the younger <laughs> ladies in your life. Um, so we, we, we're saying, you know, be brave and be fearless. And we, we try and teach our daughters. Okay, you don't have daughters. But we try and teach <laughs> our daughters. need to be taught. <laughs> I know. But we, we tell them be brave and be individual and stand up for, for what's right and stand up for yourself and, and be fearless. But the truth is, it's, it's really difficult. It is really difficult. And here I am talking specifically about girls. Yes, we do tell our boys to stand up and be brave and be individuals and to speak out. But our girls specifically, they like to move in packs and they like to be part of the herd. You know, it is really difficult for them to be brave. And I, I mean, I'm not going to mention bullying. And that's a whole different discussion. It's a whole different conversation. I'm not going to get into the whole um, cyber bullying and, and social media stuff. I'm not going to talk about that. I mean, school is it's a minefield. And, yeah. and, and being young and being a, being a teenager and being a preteen and a tween, a 
between and all of that, we can drum it into them and we can talk, you know, we can use all these phrases and they see it everywhere. And, you know, it's all that is all over social media and it's all over their Instagram and it's all over TikTok and it's everywhere. And But it's so, so hard. They just want to be like oh. everyone else. Yeah, I, I think, Janice, you're right. I do think that there is a slightly different dynamic with girls. Um, I was a girl myself. Uh, hey, so I remember. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I remember those dynamics. And although the world has changed so, so dramatically. And, and not necessarily for the better, I have to say. No. But I think that the dynamics remain the same. I think in the end, everyone has the journey to make at some point whether you're 12 or you're 22 or 52, at some point there has to be a point of self-growth where you're able to stand on your own two feet, where you care less, not not care at all. I think that's a very lofty ideal to not care what people think, but to care less about what people think and to care more about um, the respect from people you respect you know, it's, it's those kinds of things. It's those kinds of lessons. Um, what we tried to do when we wrote the stories was we tried to find real takeout that you could apply to your to us, to 21st century um, women and girls and, and people, humans. Um, so we would rewrite a story. Like if we felt that it was whilst worthy or incredible to hear or very inspirational, we changed it so that it became a takeout, like something I could apply to my own life. And the Hanasenich story is a good one example of that because she was a martyr. She she died a terrible death. She did an incredibly brave things. I mean, she would parachute into enemy lands and try and rescue people from the Holocaust. But whilst the story is is you know we learn about sacrifice and martyrdom and all those worthy things, it's not very helpful. Like. That is not very helpful to me in my 21st century suburban life. Um, so we wrote the story rather of her standing on the edge of a plane, right, waiting to jump into enemy territory and what that must have felt and how it must have felt. And she must have been petrified and she knew what was waiting for her, but she did it anyway. And I think that con that's something, you know, that no matter the fear you feel, you do it anyway is a lesson that you, we could inculcate. We could we could do that. You and I could do that. Your girls could do that. Sure. Um, to my listener, this is this is where it comes in. Buy the book. Okay, firstly for yourself, and read the stories so that you can learn what the takeout is for you to then incorporate those lessons into the lives of your children, so that you can share those important lessons for your children and how they can relate them into their own lives today, right? Because yes, that, that's I, I, how you've interpreted the stories and written them in the book. And I do think, Janice, that, you know, we all learn by example. If you're surrounded by women who are living these principles or, or men who are living these principles, but it's, it's through that personal example, that's how we will teach our children and that's how we will move them from that kind of superficial TikTok social media world 
um, where you, all you want to do is just blend in and belong and look like everybody else and wear everybody the same clothes and everybody must be the same degree of pretty and to try and go on your own personal exploration. But, but I think that as adults, we need to do that first. But we also can teach them. I mean, look, uh, I do work a lot with social media and TikTok, but we also need to teach them how to extract the positive messages from those platforms. Because there is a lot of positive in in those platforms. There's a lot of positive coming through. It's not all negative. And they need to learn the difference. They need to learn what they're looking at. And they need to know what's authentic and what's not. And, and I think also, you know, you've got to go on your own personal journey. There's all this external noise happening, your social groups, school, social stuff, social media, yes, but it's just part of the mix. It's you have to go on your own personal journey inside and decide what you think, what you believe, um, how you want to be in the world, what contribution you want to make. Um, And in fact, I I can say that writing Goodnight Golda was that process for me. I I had to, at each point, when we discussed, you know, do we include this woman? Do we not include her? Do we admire what she's done, even though she's done X, Y, and Z? Um, You know, are we comfortable with this? Are we comfortable with that? it really made me confront what I think, believe, and and what I want from my life. And I just want to mention these fabulous, the illustrations in this book are amazing. So can we just give a shout out to the the illustrators here, the artists here? Yeah, so um, the illustrators are Mary-Anne van der Bel and Renal Pinar, and I, um, I've worked now with them for three years. We, we wrote this book in a slightly different way. You know, the usual way of writing a book, like how it should be done, um, is that you write the manuscript, you edit the manuscript, you perfect the manuscript. Then you give it to the illustrator to illustrate, and then you put it all together. We did it completely topsy-turvy. We would write about a woman. I would send it to Mary Ann. She would give a visual representation of like how it felt based on what I had written. Then I would come back and say, mm, not quite. And then I would go back, <laughs> rewrite my piece. She would read, redo. So, so it was um, a very collaborative and interactive, engaged process, um, the, the illustration as much as the text. And the illustrations are just wonderful. They are so beautiful. And where did Ilana Stain come into the mix? So Ilana is a longtime friend of mine, but she's also um, an incredible educator and uh, and writer in in her own right. So um, a project that takes long, as you I'm sure know, you you lose momentum, your spirits flag, you lose interest you think what the hell am I doing you know everybody else I mean during COVID everybody made banana bread and I'm busy writing this book you know like really (laughs) what am I doing and I think at each of those points I looked to other people to help me shift to help regain the excitement and to kind of carry me along the rather dull part or the difficult part and take me through to to the next stage and Ilana was one of those um, but where she was really important, so she helped me write some of them. But the, her, her biggest contribution, I think, was in the conversations that we had that are actually not in the book. We would sit in Jabula Park and debate um, 
could this be a good night gold girl? No, she can. No, she can't. No, she's not appropriate. What do you mean? You know, you, you think that that is not interesting. Of course, it's interesting. And it meant that we included also ladies that I wasn't necessarily drawn to. Someone like Shana Gifford, who spent time um, simulating life on Mars. I mean, I, you know... That's not an, something that interested me. Ilana fell in love because it's her ultimate dream to go to Mars and spend time as an astronaut. So it just allowed us to broaden the interests and, and discover also discover women that, you know, I may not necessarily have liked or she may not have. So it was very much a three-year conversation. And Ilana is a fabulous cheerleader to have on your side. <laughs> you are listening to People of the Book, and I'm talking to Butcher Bricker today. I love it when you read to me. Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I'm Janice Leibovitz, and this is People of the Book. Today, we are talking about Goodnight Golda with the author, Bacha Bricker. So, Bacha, as we've said, you are a mother of boys. How do your boys feel about all of this? Depends on the age of your boys. I've been very careful not to foist the book on them because, um, you know, I think they, they've, they've lived with it for, for three years. They've heard many of the stories um, they are incredibly proud to have a mom who is um, so-called famous, which, you know, it's all relative, um, but they, they are delighted to see my name in print. And I think that showing your boys as much as your girls, your self-actualization journey is such a powerful example, you know, to, to be doing something that is not my day job. I have a day job. And this is just, I wanted to do this because I wanted to give it to the world. And I think that's a very powerful message to give to your children. I'm very grateful I've been able to, to model that. Is there perhaps a, a book for boys in the future? Say a Hello Herzl, something like that. <laughs> I've been waiting for the title. Janice, you've cracked it. <laughs> I, um, I, I love Hello Herzl, actually. Um, Janice, I, I, would, I would absolutely love to do that. And I think, um, you know, what people, many people have asked me, so what is the next step? Where we go from here? And I didn't actually know because I just wanted to get this ship out of the harbour and to then make space for the next thing to come. Um, but I would love to do something on boys. I think boys need it as much as girls. And there is nothing like this um, in the world, you know, just something fresh, young, contemporary, beautifully illustrated, easy to read. Um, I, I, yeah, Jewish boys, I, I think, would lap it up. I think get your boys ready and, and going with research and, you know, that's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> get them in on the act like right now no time like the present uh, present I mean we're not asking for another lockdown or anything you know nothing no, no, like no. that <laughs> definitely not but um yeah no time like the present but but as we, we've kept saying there is a, a good night called the two in the works and you mentioned a website so people can 
can contact you via the website as well and they can send in suggestions and and all sorts of things there. I I would absolutely love to hear um, feedback, good, bad or ugly, as long as you're kind. Um, We'd love to hear. Constructive, you know. Constructive, exactly. Um, constructive is the right word. Uh, because this book was so much of a conversation, I'd love to continue the conversation, just kind of broaden the net. So um, we've got a website. It's called uh, www.goodnightgolder.com. And um, there's a place there for you to let us know what you think. But there's also just some information there about the book, etc. And to buy the book, um, exclusive books is on board. So any exclusive books, either online or or physical stores, but book depository um, for overseas. I was going to say, is it available internationally? It is available internationally. Bookdepository.com are carrying stock. And I've already had stock delivered to the US, to London, to Israel. It's, It's working beautifully. So it's a system that works. So that's amazing. So you can gift everyone because I know that friends and family are global so this is the gift I mean we often see you know what do I send family overseas and so this is available for all your global family and friends and um, god willing there will be a boys version within the (laughs) next within the next couple of years I mean you know no pressure or anything <laughs> I was waiting to hear what you were going to say I was hoping it wasn't days or months no 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 let's no, see. no pressure but but you know we will put it out to the universe and it will be it will be forthcoming god willing in the next months years and it will be out there out there somewhere but Bacha, we wish you everything of the best. This is this is already thank you. This is already flying. I mean, it's it's taken off uh, with um, you know running leaps and bounds, and really the it's been received so well. And not just I mean, I'm, as I say, I mean it was you've been celebrated by the community. It's been so well received in the community, but much wider than that, I'm sure. Not only you know, as I say. <laughs> a celebrity in your own backyard but I think much yeah wider, exactly I think much uh, further and wider than that so really mazel tov to you it's it's an incredible achievement really it's not it's this is not something small it's really something to be so so proud of and and we are all so proud of you it's amazing it's beautiful thank you and we look thank forward you and to please spread the word that's the most important we thing. look spread forward to the next out. one we look forward to the next <laughs> one thank you so thank you so much for giving your time it's been amazing chatting about goodnight golda and if you are interested in having Bacha come and speak to your girls or to come and speak to you. Where can they contact you? On the website? Is that the best place yeah. to, to do that? The website is great. Or you can find us on Facebook, Good Night Golders on Facebook as well. So there are lots of ways to reach me. Um, and, you know, six degrees of separation. I'm sure you know somebody who knows somebody <laughs> who can get hold of me anyway. Um, but, yes, I, I'm so willing and, and would love to chat to younger audiences, to schools, to groups um so happy to do that this is it's a passion that just sort of spills out of me so I would be delighted to spill over to um different audiences and to different people I'd like the more the more people hear about Goodnight Golda the better amazing thank you Bacha that is Bacha Bricker chatting about Goodnight Golda it's been wonderful having you on People of the Book today thank you and just to end with a Franciscan blessing may you be blessed 
with the folly that you can really change the world. That is so, so beautiful. Thank you. And to you, my listener, as I always say, take care of yourself, take care of each other, wear your mask, get vaccinated, get boosted if you are able to, and read a book.